love. It's more than a feeling and greater than something we fall into and out of. Love is the ongoing sacrifice of our own desires for the ongoing well-being of others. And at the center of the Christmas story, love is exactly what God is lavishing on us all. His love is why He becomes flesh. It's why He lives with us, and it's why He dies for us. That love is what our world needs the most right now. And our own hearts would do well to drink deeply from God's love too. It's an invitation for every person and it's here now because Jesus is here now. This is love. Welcome to Christmas. Well, our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to read starting at verse 18. And we're going to look at one of my favorite characters in the Christmas story besides Jesus, and that is Joseph. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Well, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and this is the Sunday that we celebrate the gift of love. And my expression of love to my wife during the Christmas season is that I promise to watch one Hallmark movie with her. Only one. But it's a bit of a trade-off because she agrees to watch Die Hard with me. Hallmark movies are simple, aren't they? I don't actually mind them because there's a predictability to them. And sometimes in the world in which we live, uh, we long for a bit of simplicity. We long for a bit of uh, just, just uncomplicated storyline. But as we turn to the story of the birth of Jesus, we recognize that it's not a hallmark moment, is it? It's certainly not predictable. Not for Joseph. He had his life perhaps lined up. He was going to marry Mary, and they were going to create a life together. And suddenly there's a plot twist, and Joseph has to respond. This is not a very romantic tale, and the Bible doesn't do romance very well sometimes. But this is not a romantic telling 
But at the same time, the story of Joseph and Mary is a story of love. Love is present in and throughout Joseph's response to Mary's situation. Joseph has his moment on the big screen, and he does really well because he does what is right. As we look at love and as we think about the story of Joseph and Mary, we come to recognize that the ultimate measure of love is not a feeling or an experience. That's good. That's part of love. But the ultimate measure of love is found in sacrificial action. And that's what we see in the story of Joseph. John's gospel says it like this. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's the kind of love that's operating in this story. The gold standard of love, as you know, according to the Bible, is spelled out in the Old Testament and is spelled out again by Jesus in the New Testament when he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the gold standard of love. And that's what we find happening in the story of Joseph. Joseph shows us how it's done. He shows us what it means to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. So how does Joseph show that he loves God? Well, he does it simply by obeying God's command. That's how he shows his love for God. I think there's lots of motivations toward obedience, and you could probably name a few motivations of why you obey certain things, whether it's rules at a board game or the speed on the road. Maybe you obey because you're afraid of getting a photo radar ticket or something like that. Two years ago to the day, Christmas Eve day, we welcomed a new member into our family, a dog that we named Berkeley. And when we first got Berkeley on that Christmas Eve day two years ago, she didn't seem very small to us. But looking back now, she was actually kind of tiny. Now she's over 85 pounds and she grew really long legs. But we knew the moment that we got Berkeley that we were going to have to do some obedience training with her. And when it comes to obedience training with a dog, trying to motivate a dog or an animal toward obedience, you can take one of two paths. One path is a path of punishment, of harsh discipline, even sometimes inflicting pain in an animal or a dog to get them to obey you. We don't like that path because we find what happens is you create an animal who's actually simply afraid of you. The other path to take, and the path that we chose, is the path of reward. And this has worked really well for Berkeley because she is very food motivated. So am I. But the path to reward works well, so well, in fact, that we almost renamed her. We were going to call her Food because she responds to that even better than her name. She loves that system of reward. Well, here's my question when it comes to Joseph. What motivated him to obey God? What motivated him to follow the instructions that God gave? It wasn't a fear of punishment. You notice that in the passage. It doesn't say, Joseph, take Mary to be your wife or else. 
There's nothing of that in the passage. But it also wasn't the promise of reward. It wasn't the promise that, Joseph, if you do this, I'll make it up to you later. You'll get something coming down the line. So what motivated Joseph to obey God's command? I believe it was love. That Joseph loved God. And one of the qualities of love is trust. Joseph trusted God so deeply that even though he didn't understand the command, even though he might have felt uncomfortable with it, he was motivated to obey God because he had a relationship of trust. How do we show our love for God? I think we can do it in lots of ways. We can use our words. We can come and sing songs of worship and express our love for God. But one of the ways the Bible calls us to express our love for God is through our actions. Love in the Bible is an action word, isn't it? Jesus says, this is my command. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's that combination of command and love, love and obey. Those go hand in hand. We show our love for God by obeying the command to love one another. Which leads me to my second point. Joseph not only shows what it means to love God, he also shows what it means to love one another. How does Joseph show how we love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, in the way he relates to Mary, he shows her compassion. Compassion is a great word. It literally means to suffer with. Compassion isn't pity. Compassion is actually suffering alongside a person. And that's exactly what Joseph does. He sets aside his rights. He had the right to divorce her. He had the right even to publicly shame her, according to the law at the time. But he sets aside his rights. He does not expose her to public shame. And he bears the burden with her. He has compassion. He suffers with her in the situation that she finds herself in. Does that remind you of anyone? Does that remind you of Jesus, perhaps? In Philippians chapter 2, we find this. and says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead... He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Do you see that parallel to the life of Joseph? That humility, giving up of rights, and then serving someone else. That's what it means to love our neighbor as ourselves, to be willing to give up our rights, to set aside any privilege that we might have, and to be willing to humble ourselves and serve. This is love. Joseph shows us how we love God, and Joseph shows us how we love one another. You know, in the New Testament, when the writers were looking around for a word for love— that paralleled the Hebrew words for love, they came across the word 
agape or agape, we might say. But they didn't look at some ancient dictionary to define agape. Instead, what they did is they looked to the life of Jesus. And based on what they saw in Jesus, that became the standard definition for agape love. That's the kind of love that Joseph also models for us throughout the story. So although the story of Joseph and Mary is not a very romantic story, it's not a hallmark moment, it is a model of agape love, obedience to God and compassion for our neighbor. Came across this great quote from Soren Kierkegaard. He said this, when one has once fully entered the realm of love, the world, no matter how imperfect, becomes rich and beautiful. It consists solely of opportunities for love. My prayer for you and for me and for our church during this Advent season is that we would see many opportunities to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself and so fulfill the law. Amen.